What is family worship? I think is a is a maybe a question you're having as you saw the title of this podcast and you hit play and you're listening <laughs> to this in in our own life in our own family in our own marriage. Few things have been as transformational for us as family worship. Yeah, there's a lot around it. I think it goes deep. It's a very simple concept, but there's a lot to be gleaned from it as far as, and it's it's not just for a family with children. It's for just married couples as well, with or without children. Um, and it's kind of a lost art form. It's yes. kind of getting drowned out by the noise and the messages uh, that are in our culture today. So we're really excited to talk about this to bring it to the forefront we had a listener write in and ask that we expand more on it so that's what we're doing all right it's gonna be a fun conversation thank you for joining us we'll see you on the other side welcome to the fierce marriage podcast where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage sex communication finances priorities purpose and everything in between laugh ponder and join in on candid gospel-centered conversations This is Fierce Marriage. Yeah, so I do, like you said, it is kind of a lost art in that there were, in the in church history, and we're going to talk about this a little bit, but all throughout scripture, but even in church history and just doctrinally, in terms of our theology and what we believe, family worship is, is, is uh, pervasive. It's everywhere. It's been around for a long time, but it seems like as of late... It's lost its, not luster, but it's it, people just no, no, don't want to yeah. do it anymore. People don't even know about it. Yeah. That's what I'm finding yeah. is they don't even know it's a thing. It's like our culture is, is so uh, focused on, especially like in the seeker-friendly church movements and things like that, where like Sunday is your your worship time. Right. But Sunday is the time when you study God's word. It's the time when you sing. It's the time when you pray. And that has just become kind of the focal point. Sunday gatherings are great. But it's just a Sunday. It's supposed. To, we always envision it like it's a celebration. Mm-hmm. Everybody coming together after right. a week of living this stuff, and 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 as we get as we um, kind of grow in our own marriage and our own family, Sunday is definitely taking that place. Is that it's a celebration? It's time to get definitely hear hear from our pastor right. in the Word. But our spiritual growth is happening all throughout the week. Right, right through something that we call family worship, mm-hmm. which um, just promotes a lot we are just many what did Aaron say we're like many bodies of Christ or we're many yeah like um, many like churches s- snapshots Snapshot. of the church yeah. Yeah. as a family we are you know there's the husband who's the head and the wife who's like the bride of Christ there's all this you know the metaphor and the parallels there and so our families are essentially you know the first we always talk about how they're the first disciples the first people that we are we need to teach these things to mm-hmm. and walk these things out with and so Sundays are more of a celebration of that again, weekly collaboration and things that are happening within our week, not necessarily what we look forward to as far as like having encounters with the Lord or something like that. So anyways, Mm. we're going to, before we get started, we're going to jump into our housekeeping. I know I said it, jumping in. (laughs) But uh, thank you to all of you who have listened, who have rated, who've left a review. We appreciate it. (laughs) Give us those five stars. Leave a nice review. It really does encourage us. Okay, cool. And you, you always unashamedly ask for five stars. I'm just saying. I do. Just, you know, give us an honest, uh, some feedback. Give us a review. Obviously, we love the you more stars, the better. email us the feedback. You don't yeah, have to leave that on a true. review. <laughs> hey, there you go. Anyway, uh, the number two is Patreon. If you're not, uh, if you haven't heard of Patreon, it's a platform where creators like us who, you know, spend time uh, making this content, we spend time editing and doing all these things. 
It allows us to connect directly with listeners and readers. This stuff takes a lot of time. It also takes some of our resources mm-hmm. and, um, you know, to just get everything done. So if you want to help us with that and keep us ad free and just lock arms with us as people um, sharing the message of the gospel in the context of marriage, you can do that at mm-hmm. patreon.com slash fierce marriage. That's a website. You can give from $2 on up per month, and uh, there are some benefits. There's, uh, You get some free books. and A little bit goes a long way. It really yeah, does. So we I'd, just love I'd rather have a, I'd rather have 1,000 people at $2 a month than one person at $2,000 a month because, <laughs> to me, that's an army of people. Yeah. Right? So yeah. even just that small little bit, that's less than a cup of coffee a month, all right? <laughs> and that's <laughs> how people always compare. That's a long way for us. Uh, finally, if you have any questions, you can call or text this number, 971-333-1120. Or go to fiercemarriage.com slash podcast to uh, fill out the form there, and we'll get those questions. And we do Q&A episodes every quarter or mm-hmm. so. And we do take those and, and put them into our general preparation as well. Yes. So just to kind of lay out the area, give you guys a map of where we're going today, we're going to talk about exactly what family worship is, who it's for, um, why it's important, and maybe even some of the challenges that you face doing it. Maybe you've never done it before. Um, there's a lot of things that we, ha- you know, you kind of have to consider, but also just trust God and step out in over, you know, not because of those things, but because God is good. Um, and what does God's word say about it? And this, uh, the more I started studying and writing this, I, I do a lot of the run, I do most of the rundowns, um, which are our schedule and like outlines of what we're talking about. But the more I, I got into this one, um, it was awesome to me to see how the roles Uh, of the husband and the wife really can be displayed um, Mm. to each other and to children, if there are children in the house, and how we can even begin to learn those roles and kind of fall into those roles through this family worship. Hmm. So, and then we'll have, you know, a couple's conversation challenge, which you'll probably be able to guess what it is. But um, we just kind of want to, I always like providing a roadmap. I like knowing the order. I like knowing what's coming because I want to, I'm so excited to talk about it. And I'm as so a listener, glad, you as a listener, it too. I, I appreciate it a lot. So, so Selena you're said, welcome. Selena does, <laughs> she does do our rundowns because I think that I'm, I, I usually can just shoot from the hip on this stuff. And Selena, if I, if I do the rundown, I feel like it's more, anyway, the point I'm trying to make is at the top of the rundown is a picture <laughs> of Charles Minor. It's amazing. <laughs> And we're a hundred. And we 100. call them rundowns. Yeah. Can I just get a rundown? <laughs> when I say something else, I'm like, I don't know what Can that you is. Use that in a sentence. <laughs> what is that? What is... Anyway, it's our. It's... I don't even know how to define it. Yeah. So, okay, family worship. A, a big caveat up front, you guys, is as we're sharing on this, we by no means have this perfected. It's not that we have not. You know, it's not that we do it without fail every morning of every day uh, for the life of our children and the life of our marriage. That's not, that's not something we're trying to that image we don't want to put that forward no we this is something we have learned probably in the last three to five years of our marriage Mm -hmm. going on 16 years of marriage um this is something that is new to us but i would say of all of a lot of all the things we've learned like spiritually i think this is one of the biggest tools that has massively like changed our spiritual Mm -hmm. walk and in and informed it and also just helped and allowed us to inform our kids and mm. show them God. This has probably been the biggest way I feel like we have shown them Jesus consistently. Not that, even in our weakness, I'm not saying like, you know. Sure, and they do see it in how we treat them and how we treat each other right, and how we would... act in our lives. Mm-hmm. But this really is a time as when as a family, we come together as a nuclear unit, mm-hmm. husband and wife and our children, just us. Right. And we, we basically... and. We have to figure out what, what's the definition of family well, worship, and it's gathering yeah. for worship as yeah. part of your family's spiritual life. So, 
that's kind of something we came up with that sort of goes with um, this book. When but, but the word worship, though, I think yes. you're glossing over that because for a lot of people, so you might be asking, well, what do we just sing some songs? Do we sing worship songs? Or <laughs> no, it's, worship music so and... <laughs> this is all coming from a book that Selena is about to mention. It's from Donald, it's Donald S. Whitney. It's a book called Family Worship. It's an amazing little tiny book. It really is. It packs a punch. <laughs> yes. I read it in a day. It's like a, one of those $7 books on Amazon. We'll yeah. leave a link in the notes. I think I read it in a day or two and I was just, and I'll probably read it once a year. Year, uh, you know, At least. It's... until I just don't have to read it anymore. <laughs> but this idea of worship is, and he breaks down into three. It's a very simple thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a church service. It's not an hour. For us, it's five to seven minutes. Oh, I put 15 to 20. <laughs> I guess that's what little kids, I guess, sometimes things feel well, we longer. We kind of get carried away with the singing part because I have a ukulele and we like to sing silly Which songs. you don't have to play an instrument. You can always just put worship music no. on. <laughs> but it's basically, it's three things. It's, it's uh, Bible read, yeah. sing, and pray. Yeah. So read the Bible, sing songs to Jesus, and pray with mm-hmm. each other, for each other, uh, and you know, together. and pray together. Right. And so I just want to I just want to paint a picture that we don't have it perfect. It's not a complex thing. So right. before you stop listening, just know that this is an accessible practice. That's why it's been so transformational for us, is right. because we can actually do it. It's not something that's in, unreachable. Well, and it's one of those again primary ways that we can keep our hearts soft and we talked about last week the soil of our marriage like is your is your marriage good the good soil that we talk that scripture talks about and this is one of the ways that mm. we can keep our hearts soft that we can keep uh, in connection with God and his word and the things of God and knowing his character and being able to articulate that to each other and to our children and so i think that this is just kind of a, a launch point as well, like a tangible way of how we can keep our marriage, mm-hmm. uh, keep the soil soft, keep us connected spiritually, um, help help us facilitate those hard conversations, you know, around mm-hmm. all things God. So, um, so, so let's let's just spend a minute and uh, answer that question. What does it look like for us? Um, so what we what? family worship. Oh, yeah. So specifically, <laughs> what do we actually do for this? Right. We typically do it in the mornings. Um, if we can, sometimes it's in the evenings mm-hmm. around dinner, uh, just kind of whenever it, it works. We try to do it a couple times a week. I'd say three is a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say two is probably more where we'd be at. Um, we usually like to do it on Sundays after church, like for dinner, because that's when we have kind of our fa- a family dinner and a family like just meeting core time. And Ryan makes a really good dinner. And it's just a really like celebration of of God's day. And so... Um, we sit around our dinner table, we'll usually eat, uh, and then we'll get the Bible out. We will read for the most part, we've been reading kids Bibles for them because they're young and we want to be able to facilitate, have them ask questions and not, and whatnot. I'm going to get the stories kind of in their guts Yes, and, and, and the children's Bibles are very winsome in that way. The, right. the was it Jesus storybook Bible yep. is it's, it's published by Zondervan yep. kids and it's an amazing gospel centered, Jesus centered and it goes through all the major stories in right. the Bible, and our kids just love it, and the illustrations are great. They do. Our oldest is, I think, getting ready for that next step of a Bible. So if you do have any recommendations, I'm definitely looking at those next step Bibles uh, for kids kind of going like kindergarten, first, second, third grade-ish. Um, also, we, we sit, we read the Bible, one story, we sing. Ryan gets his ukulele out, and we sing. If you don't have a ukulele, you can just sing on your own, or you can put some quiet worship music on, I think. Um, and then we spend time praying. But I want to be clear again about the singing. We sing songs like Jesus Loves Me. Right. <laughs> and like This Little Light of Mine <clears throat> mm-hmm. and Peace Like deep a River, and wide, Deep yeah. and Wide. Really simple songs right. that the kids can usually do like hand motions to. And that's the part that really gets them engaged is I'll, I'll lead the singing part. 
and Selena will lead the hand motions part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this morning, Selena had to go uh, take off to go um, do something with her mom. And I was just hanging out with the kids, uh, the girls during breakfast, and we sang um, This Little Light of Mine. And there's the third verse, which is, do we hide it under a bushel? No! And they shout. I mean... They love it. And they shout at the top of the... Like, stand up on their chairs. Right. And it's Emmy's totally dancing. It's the cutest thing. It's, it's super engaging. Yeah. And you, I think it's good to facilitate that with, with your children. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your songs can look different depending on where you're at as far as, like, age and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just appropriation for that. And then we... After we sing, we sit down and we say, okay, we talk to each of the kids and say, what can, how can we pray for you? Or is there somebody that you would like to, somebody that you would like to pray for, something you would like to pray about? So we just try to open, open that prayer (laughs) vocabulary up for them. You know, we just really try to teach them, um, excuse me, how to pray for another person, um, Mm -hmm. even how to pray for their, acknowledging their own needs you know, because of Jesus and praying for themselves because we, we all need prayer and, and acknowledging, you know, some shortcomings and weaknesses in them so that they can, we can help support them as, as their parents. And I think it's really, it's really beneficial for us to be able to have that time to mm. start articulating that stuff at such a young age because, again, there's so many benefits which we are going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it just really builds our confidence in being able to share openly at this young and vulnerable age about what they're struggling with. I mean, scared of the dark or I don't like to <laughs> yeah. do thing, do certain things like I get angry about things. It really, it's actually been a good opportunity for me to bring up things like, you know, when you get frustrated and with your sister and you try to do these things, like right. we can ask Jesus to help us. You know, it's very, very tangible way of faith, I think. And it's also an opportunity for repentance as yes. parents for us to go to them and say, I was... I remember I, when mommy was not very right. kind. <laughs> I said, you know, I said something I shouldn't have said or I got upset and I was because it wasn't because of you, but it right. was because of this other thing that's going on in my heart. And I brought that to, you know, just to show them and model to them repentance to each other and repentance to them as parents. Um, and again, this, this also goes for marriages just if you don't have kids, but you kind of have to have, um, a situational awareness, right? You have to understand what is going on in the life of your family, whether it's your kids are a certain age or your marriage is at a certain stage. Hmm. You need to be able to identify what's going on in the life of your family. And I'm talking to the husbands in a bit here and lead accordingly in that. So like for kids right now, the big things that we really want to get through to them and we don't articulate these all the time, but really the big things are that God is good. Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. so like when we read the Jesus storybook Bible, well, we want them to get that God is good, that he's real, right. but God is good. And that is primarily uh, evidence through the, the life and work of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. The next one is God made everything that he is strong. He's mm-hmm. powerful. Right. And so God, uh, you know, this, this tree in our backyard, it's not just there because whatever, it's there because God made it right? and, and it shouts his glory. And so that's kind of the, the tone of our family worship. And we, as, as because they're only three and five, right? Right. And then right. from there we'll go and God is in charge of everything. He's sovereign. He wants to talk to us. And then Jesus came to save us. Those are kind of the five right. core truths that we're trying to massage into the text as we're talking through the Jesus Storybook Bible, as we're praying, right. but also just kind of throughout, throughout life in general. Right, and we're not just saying like God is good and he gives you good things, right? We're talking about when we read through the Bible and we read through, um, I mean, there's pictures in the Bible of, you know, Jonah being, you know, in the whale or somebody dying, right? There's battle scenes with David and Goliath and they see, you know, that Goliath is this this big mean ogre and he dies. Like they ask questions about death and Mm. 
and weapons and things, you know, they want to understand these things. So how can a good God like allow these types of things to happen? And so we are able to <laughs> have those opportunities to figure out how to articulate God's goodness right. <laughs> in those situations, which is not always easy, right? But God is good and faithful mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit is at work in them and in us. And the the more we continue to talk about it and, and the repetition of it, the more it starts getting into their hearts and into their mm-hmm. minds. So, and that speaks to the age of the kids. I want to speak for a second to the, on the stage of your marriage because, and the stage of your faith, because yeah. if you are new to the Christian faith or you're newly married, all this is wet cement, right? You're trying to sure. figure out your faith. You're trying to figure out life as a married couple. So mm-hmm. you, you will supplement accordingly, right? You may not sing kids songs if you're just a couple that just, you know, don't have kids, right. but you can, you're reading through, uh, what's the new book you're reading with Paul Tripp? Oh, New Mor- New Mercies, New Morning Mercies. New Morning Mercies, yeah. and it seems like an incredible resource because we're not reading it together. You're just reading yeah, it. Yeah, just more devotional. And it's like it probably takes ten minutes to read, mm-hmm. if that. And that'd be a great resource for uh, depending on where you're at in your faith. Right. And as far as you're like reading your Bible together, That's, you, there's no replacement for that. Yeah, you still would have to. Ha- you, I would still encourage <clears> you to have your own individual individual devotional time, journaling and getting get, you know spending time personally with with the Lord. But also as a couple, kind of reading alongside each other and then spending time talking through your highlights, right, mm-hmm. over the dinner table. Instead of just right. zoning out on Netflix for two hours, take 15 minutes and do this. Right. Talk about what you've read in the Bible, what you feel like God's been teaching you in your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're like in the <clears> middle of buying a house or something, you're doing something that is, you know, uh, maybe some sort of life stage, then you can talk through that, that life stage. I mean, buying a house isn't just about, it's about stewardship. Right. And that, and when we talk about, you know, who family worship is for. Again, it's for married couples with or without kids. And it's a great spiritual habit to get into. And the benefits to marriage, um, which we've kind of been highlighting here, but why why is it important? Um, again, it, it helps us to maintain good soil, right? It helps us to keep our hearts soft towards each other and towards the Lord. It builds unity. You know, we're able to read the Bible together, talk about the things of God, worship God together, talk to him together. Um, It provides opportunity for us to talk about the Bible again and spiritual matters and hard things, right? So it it teaches us how to communicate with each other, listen to one another, you know, don't be, be quick to listen and slow to speak and why It, it, it really provides, it facilitates us really knowing God's ways and getting instruction in every area of our marriage, praying together, singing together. Yes, it can feel awkward, right? At first, but it's really amazing. And I think if you just keep doing it over time, that's where you start again, experiencing the growth that God will bring and the depth. Mm. It builds intimacy spiritually, which will inevitably flow over into your physical, emotional, and I say intellectual aspects of your marriage. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, how many conversations have we had about like deep cultural things? Right. And the deep theologies that would inform those things that we don't have, we wouldn't have if we didn't, you know, have time to actually study God's word and then have time to talk through it together. Right. And, you look and if forward. we didn't prioritize that. Right. We look for, I look forward to the times when we can talk about that or read God's word and talk about his, what does this say? What does this mean? What am I having trouble understanding and believing? Um, it, you know, it helps us know God's, our identity. Like if we know God's mm. word, we know who we are in God. We know how to we're learning about finances and stewardship. We know like the boundaries and the, the beauty and the glory in sex and intimacy, right. And how God created mm. it, why he created it, 
how we can get through conflicts and problems with each other. Mm -hmm. You know, God teaches us basically how to trust him more when we read his word. But if we aren't taking the time as a family to build those spiritual habits and being able to share with each other and talk to each other about that stuff, I think that we're we're doing our everyone a disservice by not, again, living out that great commission of making disciples and starting with our family. Here's the thing is this is not something that is new. Family worship has been around for, you know, since time. <laughs> the idea of worshiping our God as if he's actually God and that our family is actually an institution ordained and designed by him. To uh, It would make sense that our worship would well up out of it as a necessity of the flourishing of, of our family, mm-hmm. but also as a result of our flourishing, right? So I just want to read a passage from Donald Whitney's book. Again, it's just called Family Worship. I think it's like six bucks on Amazon. Definitely go buy it. We'll put a link in the show notes. Um, but he, he, he opens the whole chapter one with this. He says, while there is no direct explicit commandment in Scripture about family worship, the Bible clearly implies that God deserves to be worshipped daily in our homes by our families. Uh, Spurgeon wrote, um, he said, I trust, so this is, he quoted Spurgeon right, at the, right, at the, right out of the gate. I trust there are none here present who profess to be followers of Christ who do not also practice prayer in their families. We may ha- we we may have no positive commandment for it, but we believe that it is so much in accord with the genius and spirit of the gospel that it is so commended by the example of the saints that the neglect thereof is a strange inconsistency. Hmm. It's a strange inconsistency. Think about okay, if your family's not doing this, and we didn't grow up. In families that right, did this. I would say this falls under kind of like the challenges that you might face starting this as a family or starting this mm-hmm. as just a couple as maybe you feel insecure. You've never done it before. Um, and it feels just kind of weird and frustrating and awkward, you know, obviously push through it. But like, yeah, we didn't, we, yeah. you and I didn't come from like these pastoral families where we sat down at the dinner table all the time and talked about the things of God. Even pastoral quote unquote families. Right wouldn't take, probably yeah 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 like, no i'm you know just saying I mean? like we weren't we didn't we we both went to church we both grew up knowing about jesus and you know walking in the ways of god but i think you know you came from your your parents your parents were pastors and you were exposed to the bible and mine were separated and you know well, divorced and there was that begs an explanation because my parent my dad was a pastor for I remember it when I was like about five years old till yeah. I was about seven. Mm-hmm. Then he got like burned by the church and completely, it was even before that. It was probably from like three to five or so when he was a pastor. Mm-hmm. Then he, then he totally, they totally left the church <laughs> <laughs> and they were Christians. I'm using yeah. quote, quote fingers, but they, and they still are. And they, you know, genuinely, they're not right. fake by any means, right. but they, they're active. they've not been planted in a church since. And I think now, 30 years later plus as they are finally starting to be rooted in a single body. Mm-hmm. And so my, my whole childhood, I didn't have any sort of real corporate worship really mm-hmm. modeled and I'm not trying to throw them under the bus. I'd love to have my parents share their story at some point, but that's just not, so it's I don't want something we grew up with. You said that I had pastors for parents Sorry, and that was I, not like, I didn't that's, mean that. Yeah. I, my I dad's know a what psychologist yes. and he did that for the lion's share of my life. Right. A private practice. Right. So and my counselor, yeah. right, and my parents were divorced, so I most of my spiritual 
formation happened um, by going to Christian school and by being scholarship, being a scholarship kid and then going, you know, attending church and being really involved uh, with my friends there. And so this idea of family worship, I think felt, looking back would have felt very awkward to me. Oh, for sure. To do. And so it's kind of been exciting that you and I have discovered this together because I feel like we can... You can make it your own in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. And I think the more you do it, like anything, right? Exercising. If you haven't exercised for a while, you're going to be a little sore the first week. But if you keep doing it, you get stronger. You start enjoying it. You start f- being looking forward to it. Um, and you understand how it's growing you and stretching you. And again, not that family worship is what grows you. It's just really facilitating the the soil and the space for God to do what he does, which is grow us and transform yeah. us. So again, we're kind of talking through what would keep a family from doing this and, and maybe a, or a couple from doing this. Mm-hmm. And you, you've mentioned a lot already. I want to speak to the couple who is maybe unequally yoked in their mm-hmm. faith, right? You've got maybe a husband who really wants to do this or a, a wife who really wants to do this and their, their wife or their husband is unwilling to either overtly or, or covertly, <clears throat> meaning they just, whenever it comes time to do it, it's just like they drag their feet or right. they're just like, that's stupid or that's silly or that's crazy or that's just awkward. I'm not doing that. I'm not praying with you. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to sing these songs with you. Like if that's, I mean, sometimes that opposition is harder. Sometimes it's softer. Um, so that could be, just know that if that's a challenge, that's okay. Just don't stop at the challenge, like right. overcome the challenge. Trust that on the other side, there's something good to be had. If your spouse is a non-believer. You, they can still, I think, get benefit from hearing God's word. They can still get benefit from praying with you. Mm-hmm. And so if you just say, hey, I was reading, I was doing my devotion. Like, obviously, they're going to know that you're a believer, right, if, if they're not. Right. And you can just say, hey, I was doing my devotions today, and this proverb really st- really stuck out. Mm-hmm. It, it, and it talks about, you know, blah, blah, blah. And just say, I just want to share it with you. And, yeah, so can we, can, do you mind if we pray together? Or can I, can I pray for you? Right. I just want to pray for you as my husband or as my wife, that you would stay healthy, that you would, um, that our marriage would be fl- saved. No, just kidding. Yeah, Don't just, go there. <laughs> well, you know how to pray. Right. You know how to pray. And trust the Holy Spirit in you, you guys. And that's yeah. the thing where we, we tend to think that these challenges are challenges because they're the, the obstacle is bigger than our God. Right. And if we see the obstacle as smaller than God, which it is, <laughs> And the Holy Spirit is at work. If we trust that the Holy Spirit is good and at work, mm-hmm. then watch and see what the Lord does. Watch and see how good he is mm-hmm. in your own life and how your faith begins to multiply and how your love in that way will begin to multiply in your spouse's heart. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to hear, maybe if you try this, share your testimony with mm-hmm. us, get on the, get on the podcast site and, and leave a, a question, yeah. quote unquote, and just tell us what your testimony is. Um, so those are some of the challenges and, I think the big one is kind of this inertia just to start a new habit because right. our culture is not, uh, it's not conducive we don't like to this kind we of like rhythm. We like to just do what we feel like doing and what we want to do and what feels good. Yeah. And it kind of it doesn't take a lot of effort. This kind of birthed out of part of our family vision and part of our, um, just as a, as a, as a husband, I've had this in the back of my mind is we want to, we want to be at the same table as a family at least once a day. And that's kind of been, we've done it pretty well. Mm-hmm. The breakfast table has been really good for us. Dinner tables don't always happen because we have a small group and we have all this other stuff that happens. We do our Sunday, capital mm-hmm. S, capital D, dinner. <laughs> and that's where we do our big kind of gathering. Right. But pretty much whenever we're around the table, we eat and then the girls will see me. I'll get up and I'll go get the ukulele, <laughs> <laughs> which amaz- it's an amazing instrument, easy to learn how to play. <laughs> so 
I, I think we should come out with some fierce marriage ukuleles. <laughs> fierce <you> ukuleles. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm a big fan. Um, and it's it it's actually a lot easier to start. So you kind of have to be able to, again, we always say this, know the water you're swimming in and say culture will keep me busy and bedraggled yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. I'll always be kind of scrambling, never feel like anything's enough, never have enough stuff, enough time, enough sleep, enough f- feeling good, enough entertainment, enough all these things and say, okay, this has to be important and here's why it's important. So that we, we get all that. So let's talk about what the Bible says about this as a way right. of saying to our hearts and preaching to ourselves and saying, do this. This is important. Right, right. <laughs> and we see what the Bible says. We can also look at what church history looks like. So I, we're not going to read a ton of verses because there's just so many. <laughs> and I think this is... Yeah. I don't think we need to really make the case for this. But as with anything, if we root ourselves in Scripture, the power is is a thousandfold. Right. So, um, Ab- so we see with Abraham. Okay, so Abraham, this is in Genesis 18. He says, shall I hide from Abraham? Um, so it's in Abraham's life. This is not him talking. Um, I think this is the Lord talking. But Genesis 18, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have chosen him that he may command his ch- his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice so that the Lord may bring Abraham to what he promised him. So commanding his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord. Okay, we also see it in, in Moses in, uh, in, in, in Deuteronomy 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. Here's the big part. You shall teach them diligently to your children. Mm. Diligently. Okay? Mm. It's not just one and done. Teach them and it's done. Right. Teach them. Di- what is diligence? It's ongoing. Right. It's an ongoing habit building. It's an ongoing cultivating. We talked last week, like Selena said, about uh, having good soil, like tilling the soil of your heart, mm-hmm. tilling the soil of your spouse's heart. Mm-hmm diligently teaching okay so that's again deuteronomy 6 you shall teach them diligently to your children you shall talk of them when you sit in your house when you sit in your house not (laughs) when it becomes any clearer than that (laughs) not when you sit at church not when you're you know sitting in the car listening to a worship cd like Mm -hmm. when you sit cd do people have those anymore (laughs) we still have a few in our car Uh, listening to worship music and then when you walk by the way this is again going back to scripture when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise so what is the picture that that's painting here it's where you are living your life all the time all the time yes yeah Yeah. so where you sit in your house when you walk by the way when you lie down and when you rise right so this is i mean we can go in and and on and on the book goes into like joshua and then job we see it in asaph uh, when asaph is uh, writing in psalm 78 Give ear, my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that have been heard and known that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from our children, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord. Right. Right. Which it goes down to first few verses. It says, which he commanded to our fathers to teach to their children that the next generation might know them, right. the children yet unborn. Mm. And arise and tell them to their children. Okay, so that's Asaph. Like Paul Paul talks about it. Peter so, talks about it. <laughs> so yeah, and when we're talking about you know what the Bible says, the Bible does actually speak about family worship. 
Um, it doesn't say family worship in, in necessarily that those exact terms, mm. but everything that Ryan's reading and that we're sharing is is alluding to this this family uh, like nuclear site, right? This nuclear area of of, of just Ooh. our family. And when we're reading the Bible, we are beginning to understand things like worship. How do we worship? Is it lip service? If I'm singing in church, but my mind is somewhere in heart or somewhere else, or when we're singing together. Am I really worshiping God? You know, in John four twenty four, worship in spirit and in truth. Like our hearts, our attention, our energy, resources, they're always being contended for by something else in the world. And this is bringing us back saying, worship Jesus. Acknowledge who he is. I mean, even, even the enemy knows who Jesus is. Right. When Jesus was being tempted in Matthew 4, the enemy said, worship me and I will give you all of this. See, wow. he understands the the purpose and the value Wow. Of, worship. of worship. It shows yeah. submission. It's an acknowledgement of who is Lord. It is showing that we we know who Jesus is. It's, it's helping us love God, right? Part of loving God is worshiping him, is acknowledging who he is as creator, as Lord, as king, as savior, right? And then when they said, um, this just goes with the acknowledgement again in Matthew 14, when Jesus walks in the water, and uh, during the storm, he says, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. Wow. So they, they saw him. They So they, they were exposed to him. They saw him. They saw what he did. And that is what triggered their belief in him. Wow. So there's a lot of big stones, I feel like, in terms of reading the Bible teaches us all about worship, teaches us all about prayer. How do we pray? Why do we pray? When do we pray? Who should we pray for? And these are all things that we mm. practice within this family worship. You know, he, Jesus said, in, again, in Matthew, I guess I like Matthew today. <laughs> um, you know, he, when he was going to the Garden of Gethsemane and he told the, the disciples to watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation, verse 41. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And I feel like that's where we yeah. can, where, that's where the challenges can come with family worship is like our spirit can be very willing, mm. but our flesh is weak. But we can, we can, we can rise up from, with that. You know, First Thessalonians, pray without ceasing. Always pray. Always be talking to God. But the thing, and, and I love it, I love what you're saying, and I just want to be clear, is that this, uh, it always flows out of a desire to love God, not a desire to earn yeah. his, his love back, right? It's a desire to give him worship, like you said. Right. And that's the one thing that we really have to give to God is our worship. And our worship is what? It's it's our life on the altar. Right. Uh, and it's our li- it's it's our life as living sacrifices, dying to ourselves, mm-hmm. so that we can live to Christ. Paul talks about that a ton, and so in this case, dying to ourselves is saying this is important. I need to make this a priority. Yeah. And what we're telling you is that you can make it a priority without being crushed by it. And it's it's a thing right. that's been joyful. We don't even think about it anymore. Yeah, it's just whenever we're around the table, we worship. Right. And we spend time singing, we spend time praying, we spend time... Reading the Bible, talking about the things of God. It's just become more of a natural um, outpouring. I do think there is, you know, some, like you said, inertia, some like choices right. you have to make to do it. But again, it's not because you you are trying to achieve salvation, right? That's been done. This is more of a response to God. I think the biggest, the biggest thing to overcome is apathy gospel. and distraction. Yeah, yeah. Because we don't see, we don't see our decisions as they're either fuel or they detract from our worship of God. Mm -hmm. And there are so many distractions. I mean, we talk about it all the time Mm -hmm. on this podcast, but I mean, think about if you sit down to dinner as a family, depends on the age of your kids and the culture you guys have, but 
you know, there's families that they get home from school, get home from work, and they don't even see each other because they're all in their rooms on screens. There's also families that, you know, they got young kids and there's just too too much chaos mm -hmm. and there's too hard to get everything together and the kids have to be in bed by, you know, six o'clock or something. <laughs> you just don't have any time or bandwidth together to make it happen. So it kind of has to be part, it has to become, an, it has to well up in your heart and overflow somehow so that when the opportunity arises, you just realize, you recognize it and you behold yeah. it. Yeah, well, and I, I think it begs the question too to, to look at our schedules, you know, if we value worshiping God and mm. understanding his word and learning what it means to pray and how to pray and who to pray for. Um, those to, and reading the Bible, if we don't have time to do that, then what else do we have time for? I mean, really like if I'm not you, trying to be condemning. I'm really like, I felt so convicted in these areas of like, I'm spinning my wheels doing all these things, but like the things I want my kids to walk away with are the things of God. And if I'm not, making these small habits happen, these small rhythms throughout our week, if not just me, but if we are not doing this, right. we are, are we really teaching them the things that matter? Like, I think, um, I just want to, to the husbands real fast. Cause I think husbands, you have a unique role to play in this. Um, and I'll just say something that I find convicting to think about, but is look at your schedule and look at your bank account and you'll know what you worship. Mm -hmm. Right. That's not to say that you're going to spend, you know, all your time at church or all your money at the church. It's not <laughs> what I'm trying to say. But if, if it's like working is good, tilling our own soil, like cultivating and stewarding the land, quote unquote, that God has given us in our families and our jobs, all that is good. But if it's if it's totally squeezing you to the point where you have zero margin to give worshiping God overtly in this way, mm -hmm. personally and corporately as a family and corporately as part of your church body then there's a big, big problem there that maybe you just need to be lovingly called on. Mm. And if your bank accounts and your financial goals and your financial habits are formed in such a way that you have to work 80 hours a week to sustain maybe a lifestyle that was never sustainable in the first place, mm -hmm. then um, maybe that's a, a place where you can trust God and say, okay, how can I, how can I make decisions that are more informed by this grander purpose of loving the Lord God with my right. heart, soul, mind, and strength, and not just with my Sunday mornings. Right, right. So um, obviously as a team, you have to do it, but I think as husbands, there's a unique role. So we're going to talk about that just a little bit. So as a husband, uh, and Selene, you're always so gracious, and you, you, you ask me, and you encourage me, and you call me into this role of head of our family. You mm -hmm. do that so beautifully, and so, um, I don't know, I just feel so loved when you do that, and empowered. And it makes me, it like, it makes me kind of puff up my chest, sometimes <laughs> literally, sometimes just mentally. <laughs> it makes me just feel proud. Like, okay, I can do this. These are, this is my family. These are, these are the ones that God's entrusted in my care. So, um, thank you for that. I think, I think that's absolutely true. I think, men, this is an amazing way for you to, um, walk as the head of your household to lead through the reading, mm -hmm. lead through singing. Okay. Even if you can't sing, like lead through it somehow. It's all good. It's all good. No one cares, man. Mm -hmm. No one cares that, that you can't sing like, like Michael W. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I had to use that one. That's like throwback. Um, no one cares that you can't sing, mm -hmm. you know, if, if that's your insecurity, uh, lead your family by sitting down at the table, by refusing anything less. And I think that's what you'll find. What you'll find is, um, what you'll find is that you're usually the bottleneck in a family, mm. in a family um, situation. A lot of times, a wife is acquiescing, 
and they are compromising because th- that you've led you've led her there. I'm not saying that wives are whatever. They they have. We'll talk about the roles. Okay, Selene's. I just <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I feel like I don't, I don't want to make people upset. And stop. <laughs> but a lot of times the the husband is the one that sets the, the the temperature of a marriage. You're the thermostat, and a lot of times the wife and the kids are thermometers. They're the ones that they're reflecting the temperature back to you of mm-hmm. what you've set on the wall, right? You've tweaked the dial. They're giving you the temperature that you've tweaked it to. Mm. And I'm saying as a husband, crank that sucker up, (laughs) okay? And metaphorically speaking, because we all know you got to keep it at a cool 67 degrees in the house, (laughs) all right? (laughs) But crank it up. Refuse to settle for anything less. Sit down at the table. Get your legs under the table together. Break bread. Lead through these examples of reading, singing, and and praying. and then when you get to the Bible, this is the really fun part, okay? So you actually, it's one thing to do the actions. Now it's time to engage. Now it's time to lead by example in asking hard questions of mm-hmm. the text. What does a hard text mean? Ask those questions and then get the answers and say, family, what do you think of this? Mm-hmm. Okay, here's what I've read and here's how I'm leading you. This is what our family believes on this. And this is where we're going to stand on this. Mm-hmm. So lead the discussion. Ask your kids what they see. I mean, obviously it's age dependent, but ask what they What's your favorite part about this story? Or <laughs> Little kids, you just ask is, the leading questions. Yeah. Who who loves us the most in this? Like, who loved, you know, Jonah? Why, why did, who let this happen? Or, you know, what? Did, why did Jonah run away? You know, just getting those basic yeah. sort of answers to them, giving them that vocabulary is really helpful. And, and some of that is also you're giving them, uh, you're giving them the vocabulary, like you said, yeah. and giving them the, the, the pieces of information so the stories, the truths can kind of be there. Right. Uh, kind of uh, marinating in the background and then eventually that truth will come out. So like with the Jonah story, I'll ask a question like, where did Jonah, where where did God call Jonah to go? And the answer is Nineveh. Right. Okay. Well, he didn't go to Nineveh. Was he obeying God or was he disobeying God? Right. He was disobeying God. Okay. So. Did it go well for him? Did it go well for him? <laughs> <laughs> Those are constant words. Like it will not go well with you <laughs> yeah. if you decide to disobey. It so, will go well with you. So you kids, to listen to your dad or you're going to get swallowed by a fish. That's that's what the Bible's teaching us. <laughs> okay. Maybe our theology is a little off here. No. Um, and then I think this is really fun to do for, as a father talking to, to my kids is, how can I pray for you? Mm-hmm. Or do you have, what's, what's going on in your heart that I can pray for you? And um, then here's how you can pray for me. Right. And Go I think ahead. that's really, I just think that's so foundational for kids because in 2015, even 10 years that they are teenagers and you can say s- these things that are unfamiliar, that are familiar to them. I mean, when they're unfamiliar, it's really, it can be more challenging, right? When they're yeah. not used to you. They're used to seeing you and sort of being around you, but then when you're like, "Hey, I want to pray for you," they're like, "Uh, what?" Well, what happens? And what happens <laughs> to disconnect? As you lead in this, you are being changed in it. You're not yeah. just you're not an outside observer. Not at all. You have to be inside. And so what, the whole DNA of your cha- of your family changes, mm-hmm. and it starts with you, husband, mm-hmm. man. It starts with the Holy Spirit working in you to make to, to make space for this sort of thing. I, I want to just spend a moment because uh, sometimes as men, it it can feel like you're a pioneer. I just want to say, hey, this this, this tradition is all the way back to Abraham like we talked about, but it's also in the early church, mm-hmm. okay? So we read a quote from Spurgeon that I think is great, but I'll add another one from Spurgeon here. He says, if we want to bring up a godly family who shall be a, a seed to serve God when our heads are under the clods of the valley, in other words, when we're dead, okay? Let us seek to train them up in the fear of God by meeting together as a family for worship. And so um, I'm just going to read from 
from um, from Whitney's book here. It says, Spurgeon practiced what he preached. After his death, his wife Susanna wrote his, this glimpse into their lives together with their twin boys, both of whom became pastors. And this is Susanna writing. She said, After the meal was over, an adjournment was made to the study for family worship, and it was at these seasons that my beloved's prayers were remarkable for their tender childlikeness, their spiritual pathos, and their intense devotion. He seemed to come as near to God as a little child to a loving father, and we were often moved to tears as he talked thus face to face with his Lord. So this is his mm. wife, Charles Spurgeon's wife, talking to him about it. Another one I love this is um, this is a tradition that's especially passed down through Puritan, um, like like history. Puritan history in a, that culture. So this is Richard Baxter, right? The kind of the um, epitome of a Puritan. Um, uh, pastor or, or thinker, he said, "I willingly appeal to the appear- to the experience of all the holy families in the world, whoever used these duties seriously and found not the benefits. What families be they in which in which grace and heavenly mindedness prosper? But those that use these duties, compare in all your towns, cities, and villages the families that read the scriptures, pray, and praise God with those that do not, and see the difference." Which of them abound more with impiety, with oaths, with cur- and cursings, and railings, and drunkenness, and whoredoms, and worldliness, and such? And which abound most with faith, and patience, and temperance, and charity, and repentance, and hope, and such? The controversy is not hard to decide. Mm. Okay, so this goes all the way back, you guys. The, the Matthew Henry is another one that I love. Jonathan Edwards is uh, all the rage right now. John Knox, Martin Luther, all these guys, Tertullian, early on he said, he, in talking about... Uh, Marriages between believers, he said, they pray together, they worship together, they fast together, instructing one another, encouraging one another, and strengthening one another. As a couple, you can do that. It's so good. Psalms and hymns, they sing to one another, striving to see which one of them will chant more beautifully the praises of their <laughs> Lord. Hearing and seeing this, Christ rejoices. That's Tertullian. So there's so much good to be had in this, you guys. And Selena and I do have worship worship competitions who can sing more beautifully to the lord not fair you are a worship leader <laughs> just kidding so. we don't do that that's weird that's weird um <laughs> okay go ahead so you're gonna no, talk as about a, as a as a wife you know we can very much walk in the role of helper and model this through family worship and does that mean like i can't read the bible no i read the bible to them all the time um, you know, maybe during these corporate like family worship when dad is at the table, absolutely. He reads, he leads, and he just, that's what we do. Um, but if I'm during the day and we are doing some Bible work or we just, you know, we're reading, I'm, I'm, I'm with them. But when dad's at the table, I'm responding with focus and enthusiasm. I'm not distracted. You cannot be half-hearted. Kids sense mm, that. Yes, they do. <laughs> Engagement is everything, and it is a sacrifice. I don't always want to sing the songs because I don't always enjoy the songs, right? But it's not about me and my enjoyment. This is about modeling Christ and worshiping Christ, right? Mm. And doing that for my kids and for my own heart. I mean, how humbling is it to sit there and sing kids' songs, right? <laughs> you got to go down and be humble and, if you and sing, sacrificial about it. And if you sing this little light of mine, like actually internalizing what it's saying. For sure. How, how transformational is that for the adult heart? Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And, you know, praying for your family, praying for your husband, asking the kids, like, how can I pray for you? Being just really displaying that that helper that God has created you to be, and really coming alongside your husband, singing enthusiastically, doing the motions, mm. praying together, and praying in a way that you know we're not just sitting there. Yeah, we don't have to close our eyes or fold our hands, right? That's just like the technical stuff we do to pray. 
but when I am showing that, like we we're teaching, you know, our kids, our kids are always like, De- Emmy's like, Della had her eyes open. You know, it's like, how well, did you know? Uh huh. Well, but I we saw teach, her. <laughs> we teach them like, <laughs> yeah. why is it important for us to to close our eyes? Why is it important to quiet our bodies? And because we really we're trying, we're worshiping, we're mm. we're acknowledging who Jesus is. We're putting our focus on Him. We are talking to the Almighty God. These are small things that we can do to show our engagement and to really uh, show them the love of God. The young kids learn through modeling. I think kids of all ages, really, they, they learn through the modeled behavior of their parents. And so mm. there's a lot to be said, again, about family worship and how a wife can really come alongside her husband, hand him the Bible, you know, just something as simple as that, listening to his prayers, engaging, agreeing, mm. singing, being that one, I kind of feel like maybe this is wrong, but I feel like I'm kind of the glue sometimes between because I spend so much time with them. Not that you don't understand them, but I feel like when I'm there, I can help like maybe paraphrase some things for the younger one because I know where she's at, like intellectually. Like you'll say something, and I'll say, I'll say, remember when we talked about this? This is what Daddy's talking about. Like helping them understand. Yeah, well, Clementine's eschatology is a wreck. So. <laughs> I'm working on that. <laughs> Three-year-old. But I feel like there's just this this role to be played as a wife and as a mother um, where you can be the glue, where you can, you know, not just like augment what he's saying, but really support um, your husband and, and support them. We get so many wives writing into us. My husband's not the head. He's not leading. These are This is a small way to get started. These are small ways that he can lead. And if he still is, you know, a bit slow to act. That's where I think you can still, as a wife, be a helper maybe in a different way instead of just being like, read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible. Right. And he's saying, no, I've told you no, I'm not going to do that. Then just come alongside him mm-hmm. as you read yours and say, right. hey, I was reading this. I just want to share it with you. Right. And if you have kids, short and simple. they're always a good excuse. Well, we should read the Bible to the kids or anything. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and again, trust the Holy Spirit to do his thing. Right, and right. And that's, it's not your job to, we talked about this a few episodes back, control. Yeah. Okay, go look up the control episode. <laughs> we do not have dominion over our spouse's right, heart. That's right. Christ's domain. And we we don't have that. Right. Um, so so you have to trust the Holy Spirit to, to do that. I just want to say that as a husband, thank you for when you said singing like enthusiastically. Um, it's because you look at me and you like Well, it helps something. the kids. <laughs> I know. Because there's lots of times no, where I'm does. singing the song and nobody's paying attention. And it's not a lot of people to, like, there's four of us. <laughs> and there's one person singing and it's me. And they, they don't want to be there. Because it's not like they're just always on board. Right, right. Because so, our hearts are not, they're just not like that. We're human hearts, right? So if we you have... and I are a team, <laughs> right. then it's vastly and better. we're overcoming those feelings and emotions and even teaching our kids. Like, you don't really feel like doing that right now. I get it. God is still good but whether you still, feel it or not. Yes. And we need to yeah. acknowledge who he is. Remember yeah. who, what he made and talking about all of that. So the couple's convert. I want to talk see. also, because okay. when those kids are, right now they're ours are three and five. So we're speaking very specifically to that context. But what about when they're 12 and Right, 14. which is what I talked about yeah. when I said like that we want this vocabulary, we want this cracking of the Bible to be familiar to them. Or we, when they're 21 when and they, 23 yes, coming and, home after in college yes, or whatever. And they're struggling with all the things that we struggle with in just different ways mm. because they're older, right? They're struggling with their identity, their insecurities, their fears. None of those things, they change on an age and development basis, but they don't change as like a human being. We all have mm. them, right, from one stage to another. And so if we, if they know that we have family worship, I mean, I remember going home to the familiarity of, of home and mm. from college and having those things, are they're so anchoring, I think, to a young person. Yes, yes. 
By the way, I tried to. I was starting to teach them the uh, doxology today, which hopefully nice. they'll get quick because that thing's rad. <laughs> it's awesome. There's <laughs> you put a bunch... it to music; they will know it. <laughs> oh no, I, I already figured all that out, and I just got to get them to <laughs> nice. learn the music, learn this, the words. Nice. But there's a few verses that I have to find that are just epic that our <laughs> church does. Is and I don't know if Alex wrote those. Mm, gotta, or... ask, gotta ask the worship guy. Anyway. I'm not, yeah, you got to be a good worship pastor of your, of your family. <laughs> of right? your family, there you go. Anyway. Okay, so this has been a really, there, this is a rich, rich topic. Yes. It's a passion of ours. It goes along, right alongside family vision. Yeah. Um, we did an episode with uh, Jeff and Alyssa Bethke. About family teams. About family teams. Mm-hmm. That's right up this alley. They yeah. talked about the Sabbath. They talked about what that looks like for them. Um, we've started since kind of loosely practicing the sabbath absolutely celebrating it more yeah and it's a celebration it's not it's not because of the law it's because of the rhythm that it is and how god gave us this rhythm that is hardwired into us and it's really good for our hearts souls and minds to submit ourselves to him in this way and to celebrate him in this way right anyway so we talked about that a lot again um again very rich topic and it's yeah, I think we're kind of just, I feel like we're just scraping the surface. It really yeah. affects every area of your, your marriage um, and, the, and the family that you might be building or the family that you're in um, mm. that God has given you. So couples conversation challenge, probably two things here. Just start having family worship. Start small. Pick two days a week to do it. Be consistent. Mm. Do it for at least a month. Watch God grow you both. And if you have mm. kids, watch God work in your kids. Yeah. The second thing would just be to get this book. And we're not like, we don't know Donald. We don't know. We have no affiliation. If I could meet him, I'd, just, give him a big, I'd give him a big neck hug. Seriously. <laughs> it, just get the book. It's a very simple, uh, quick read, but it's just rich. It's power packed. So do those two things. Start and get the book. And I believe that God will just be on fire in your life. I feel like he'll just do some do some amazing yeah. work very quickly. He so Donald Whitney also wrote, wrote uh, spiritual disciplines for the Christian life. Yeah. Um, I wanted to get that. Do we have that yet? We have it. Yeah, it's I great. So. I've 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 read most of it. Um so he's and he's a he's a PhD, all this stuff. He's a professor at Southern. He's a really awesome guy. Um definitely worth the investment is what I'm trying to say. Okay. So speaking of investment, <laughs> transition. <laughs> Um, we have some resources that I would love to make available to you. So uh, 40prayers.com is where you can go to find these. It's a 40-day prayer journey that we, we wrote. So it's two books, 40 Prayers for My Husband and 40 Prayers for My Wife. So I, wrote the, I wrote the one, 40 Prayers for My Wife. Mm-hmm. Selena wrote 40 Prayers for My Husband. And the whole point of it is to pray Scripture over each other and respond to what God has said to us through Scripture on behalf of our spouse. Mm. And what it did for us when we were writing those is it made me feel way more like I had a stake in my wife's, I don't know, just your spiritual walk, who she is as a woman, because I'm actually praying scripture over her. It expanded my faith. And what the way that the journey works is that you start out by answering answering questions and you circle um, kind of on a scale of one to 10 for like five different questions. It's an inventory. At the beginning. At the beginning. And then you go through the 40 days and there's rest days in there. So it's not super arduous. It takes about two minutes a day. And then at the end, you see how God moved by doing the inventory again. Right. And seeing, and it's things like how, you know, how well is your communication going? How's your sex life? How's... Well, and the things that we wrote about as far as like prayer and praying scripture, it wasn't like we just pulled scripture out of the thin air and just no, yeah. put it onto our pages. It's like, what's the context of the scripture? And Absolutely. it just alludes to so much more power yeah. uh, of what God's doing. Absolutely. So anyway, that's available to you at 40prayers.com. 
And I have, uh, there's a code that I want to keep alive. We started a few weeks back, but it's HOPE5, H-O-P-E-5. That'll give you an extra five bucks off. And shipping, I think, is like two or three bucks. And and so anyway, hopefully that's worth it to you. And that's something we just want to bless you with. HOPE5, go to 40prayers.com, use that code. And um, yeah, I think that's it. I'm going to say a quick prayer and then we'll call it a day. Lord, I thank you for this time talking about family worship. And I thank you for the gift that it is to be able to open our Bibles as families and mm-hmm. to look through and read through your scripture and have it read us mm-hmm. and have us reflect on it as a family unit. Thank you for the gift of the family structure and what it means and how we can flourish together. I pray for the couples listening to this, that they would feel encouraged and not just weighed down with one more thing to do, but enlivened by the promise of just knowing you more and how family worship is a tool that can help them know you more and to worship you more fully. So, Lord, we love you with all our hearts. Again, thank you for this time. I pray that it's fruitful uh, for those listening to it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, friends, thank you so much for listening. This episode is... In the can. And we will see you in about seven days. And until then, stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If our ministry has blessed you, we'd be honored to partner with you on Patreon.com slash Fierce Marriage. There are benefits to being a partner, but more than anything, you get to be part of making the Fierce Marriage podcast possible. To learn more, go to Patreon.com slash Fierce Marriage. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Fierce Marriage. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care. Thank you.